This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic, jointly presented with Chindalan. Hello, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and with me today for our review is Lim Jackkin, arts writer and podcaster. Thank you for being back today, Jack. Hi, happy to be here. So we are reviewing an art exhibition, actually the first physical art exhibition that the both of us have been to in quite a while. It's Make Money with Money, Make Art with Art by Chong Kim Chu. And that's currently so, uh, showing at A Plus Works of Art until the 17th of October. So um, it felt like an interesting exhibition to take in at this point in time for various reasons. Essentially, it takes its inspiration from literal banknotes and all the pieces on show are are sort of these constructed collages um, or, or rather collages combined with paintings of banknotes throughout history from current Malaysian banknotes back to uh, the British colonization era, Japanese occupation and so on. But there are lots of layers to this show. And I wanted to start off, Jack, by asking you um, what your main takeaway or impression was. Wow, that's a really, that's a really broad question. <laughs> and um, there's so much to think about. My main takeaway was, wow, I'm so glad to be out of the house and going to an exhibit again. Um, my other takeaway was that was a really fun thing to have just gone through. Mm-hmm. But as for the work itself, I found it really fascinating. I think it's um, there's so many different angles you could you could approach the work from. It's kind of a historical record. It's like one artist's interpretation of a historical record. Um, there's a lot to learn about. There's a lot to think about. It's one of those things that you can see everything there is to see in about ten to fifteen minutes. But then you can stay there at the gallery for about two hours just thinking and thinking and thinking about the implications of it. So, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think that um, this exhibition makes a great case and reminded me of the joys of physically seeing art. Um, just because there have been so many online exhibitions and virtual exhibitions, uh, which were, you know, some of which were great. I'm not saying they don't work. But just seeing this physically, this, these are works that work very well when you see them in person, just because of the texture and the tactility and the size of it. Um even the way it's arranged, um, they are, the the exhibition mimics art art fair booths. So even though it's a it's a sort of cohesive whole, each series that that's a part of the whole is displayed in these little booths, and you're sort of contained in them as you look at the work. So there's a lot in terms of the actual physical experience of attending an exhibition that this does very well, and I think that was very enjoyable for me. Yeah. Um- just to paint a picture for the people listening at home, no pun intended. The Each artwork it looks like um, an attempt to recreate a historical banknote, right? But the materials used are things like packing tape, things like, you know, painted over um, kind of paper, strips of material. In some cases, what looks to be aluminum foil. So... Going there in person really, really makes a big difference. You get this beautiful sense of like the texture. You get to lean in really, really close and you get to look at um, how the texture of the material makes the whole banknote from afar look maybe more aged. You get to see certain uh, parts of the banknote peeling away and 
a lot of those are on purpose and intentional. And um, yeah, the pictures, they're really lovely and they serve a good reference. And I highly recommend looking at the catalog and looking up the actual historical notes and comparing. But um, it really can't, it doesn't hold a candle to seeing it in person. I really highly recommend if you're going to see it in person, um, take all the precautions, but yeah, it's a great experience. So the works themselves, not all of them are new. Um, Kim Chu has basically been working on these uh, from 2008, I believe. So um, you can also see the evolution of the idea and the style. And I like that as well. Uh, so some of them are a lot more um, raw and I think a little bit unstructured in how the notes look. Um, and in a way that kind of feeds into the theme as well, because the newest um the newest pieces, uh, which are the Malaysian banknotes, also look the most structured. They almost look like they are printed onto onto the canvas rather than assembled and with the tapes and so on, versus the let's say the works from the Japan uh, the the notes from the Japanese occupation, which have this sort of wilder, less structured look about them. And I think all of these add to the overall experience of going on a real journey with these works, a journey through time, a journey through styles. Uh, and so all of that adds to why something that perhaps in concept uh, or just paintings or works that take their inspiration from banknotes actually in experience ends up being a lot more um, fruitful, I think, than just than just what it might seem like. I did want to um, also point out that the materials that you talked about, um, I loved how in some ways basic the material was. You know, there are things that we recognize and that we're surprised to recognize in the works, foil and, and tape and so on, and how the assemblage of all of these kind of speak to the everyday, ordinary quality of notes. I mean, banknotes and, and money is something that we're so used to handling and we're so used to seeing um, that I think seeing them made out of these sorts of material really does uh, make it very intimate and familiar in a way that uh, perhaps if they had been painted or, or created in a, a more, I suppose, in a quote-unquote um, painterly style, uh, we would have felt a little bit more remote from. Uh, I wanted to get into the theme itself, this whole idea of um, what the show is called, essentially, make money with money, make art with art. And this idea of um, that separation between money and art, that thing that people don't like to talk about, and yet exists completely in the art world, right? Um, how did the theme resonate with you? This is where I actually felt the exhibit started to falter a little bit in the messaging, or or maybe this is a me problem and I'm projecting my inability to understand onto the work. But it felt um, like there wasn't a super clear message going on, or maybe that there are suggestions, there are playful um, implications, but it's not a particularly um, in-your-face message. It does seem really amusing because the context that this work occurs in, it's being sponsored by CIMB, uh, at least in part. The artwork is going for sale for quite a lot of money. And um, if I were to be very generous, I, it almost feels like uh, Kim Chu is making a comment on like this relationship, right? Like, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a hesitancy to talk about the relationship between finance capital and art, when the reality is that um, as much as we enjoy art, as much as uh, art is a big part of a lot of our lives, and that a, a lot of art is accessible to the common person, um, 
the process by which artists created, bought, and sold largely revolves around a market that's that caters to very high income individuals, art collectors, like not just high income individuals, but a very specific subset of people whose interests do not align with our own. And a lot of the times are absolutely uh, antithetical to our own. So in a way, you know, when, when Kim Chu puts up a zero ringgit bill, for example, and one of the, one of the works is a zero ringgit bill, you can almost see him kind of making that playful comment of I'm, I'm existing in this system. Um, there's nothing really I can do about it, but I can, but I can comment on it. And I guess there's a, there's a lot to be said about whether that's useful, whether that's um, valuable. Personally, I think it still is, but it does give you that vibe. I don't know if anyone here has seen them um, like black mirror, one of the first oh, episodes. Yeah. yeah. In the first season, there's that character who, um, is railing against this abusive game show industry and he gets onto the game show and uh, he puts a knife to his neck and he threatens to end it all. And he says like, this is what's wrong with our society. And that system rewards him by giving him a game show. So it's like this piece of work that's railing against um, the, the, the cage that it's in, but it's also in a very gilded cage and enjoying those kinds of pleasures. And um, that's very fascinating. And I, I feel like a lot of that's intentional, right? It is fascinating. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up because the other thing that adds to all of this is the time that we're seeing this exhibition in. Because certainly over the last one year, or nearly two years now, there's been a lot of conversation about, um, well, really, how art is faltering because there's not, or rather artists are struggling uh, because of the lack of being able to work and, and uh, the lack of income and the lack of shows and... Um, and then we've also seen the rise of NFTs and <laughs> this whole new way of artists being able to make income from their work. Again, not without its controversies, right? Because it almost, uh, I think, pulls back the curtain on all the things that you're talking about. Because with NFTs, it's very directly about making money, about profiting off of your work. And on the one hand, why not? Why shouldn't artists be allowed to make money off of their work? On the other hand, isn't art supposed to be about grand ideals? And, um, you know, if they are uh, tying themselves to platforms that are, for instance, um, contributing to greenhouse gases, um, would we then expect better from our artists? These are all very pertinent conversations. Um, and again, I don't think that there is a simple answer. I don't think the exhibition tries to give those answers. I'm not sure whether I love that it doesn't push harder. I would have perhaps liked to see that. But again, I go back to the fact that um, these works are not new and they were not created now. So they're sort of an evolution as well. Um, and I wonder whether this overall theme or the, the title perhaps weighs or, or, or burdens the works with a little bit more responsibility for answering those questions than, than they should have to. Because, uh, and we can get into this later. For me, the stronger theme is actually the historical one and the, the one on colonization and how we remember history and, um, the history of money and finance and how, and how that ties into power. I feel like that comes through a lot stronger than this theme of the division between money and art, which is there, but I also feel like it feels slightly uh, imposed from outside. Yeah, well, 
that's a lot. Those are a lot of threads I really want to desperately pick up on. But I do agree with you on the historical angle. I think it's really interesting. I, I know you brought up the fact that, for example, the more recent bills, the ones introduced post 1969, Kim Chu does them in a more um, almost elegant, very clean style, very neatly ordered, extremely highly detailed, very exact. And the Japanese bills issued during uh, the Japanese occupation of Malaya and Singapore and Borneo look very different, right? They're a bit wilder. They're a bit mm. more ragged at the edges. And I actually, I thought that was entirely intentional. I looked at it and um, I saw almost a history of violence being played out. And the out. red as well, extremely yeah. red. Mm. Uh, the historical notes did not look as red. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't there when they were issued at the time, you know, so I don't know what they looked like at the time, but it, it, it is an interesting comment because in like history has a way of fading these atrocities of making them seem not so um, vivid and violent. And Kim Chu's bringing that back to the forefront with his jagged edges, with the, with the slight um, disconnectedness of the piece. I mean, you know, I'm also a Malaysian Chinese man. And uh, so is he, I think we're both very intimately familiar with the horrors of the Japanese occupation. You know, we have, Relatives, some of us have living relatives who can re- remember those times and um, they shouldn't be forgotten. And he's not letting us forget, which is good. We're reviewing Chong Kim Chu's uh, latest exhibition. It's called Make Money with Money, Make Art with Art. It's currently on at A Plus Works of Art until the 17th of October. Uh, we'll be back after this to continue our review. So keep it here on Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindan. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chintana. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila. And with me today, Lim Jackin, who is an arts writer and podcaster. And together we are reviewing Chong Kim Chu's latest exhibition that's called Make Money with Money, Make Art with Art. Uh, that's on at A Plus Works of Art until the 17th of October. Uh, so I wanted to pick up on what you mentioned before the break, Jack. Um, you said you had thoughts about uh, these notions of NFTs and financial capital and so on, specifically in relation to what these works do, right? Which is call into question that idea or the link between profit and art making. Yeah. So earlier on, you said that one, don't artists deserve to make money from the work that they put in? Don't they deserve to you know, live comfortably off of creative labor? And isn't that labor really important? Shouldn't it be valued? On the other hand, you said, um, how could artists purport to be, you know, almost like a moral vanguard, right? Um, And then tie their work to something like this. I think these two things can be true at the same time. Artists definitely deserve to live comfortably. Creative work is criminally undervalued right now. On the other hand, um, I'm going to say it so that nobody else has to. uh, and, And everyone can get angry at me. NFTs are like a kid's idea of like a pollution machine. The <laughs> the energy cost associated with it. It's like if you watched a cartoon about a big bad villain who turns on his machine and it makes money and it kills the rainforest on the side. Um, the amount of energy it costs to, to mint an NFT, right? And create this like receipt of a thing that doesn't even signify the work itself. It signifies that it, just a receipt of the work. People can still look at it. Um, Sharon Chin, in her amazing foreword of this exhibit, 
says, uh, I'm paraphrasing her. So she says, I don't think most artists understand or connect the idea that of NFTs to like the oil refinery plant that's uh, spewing something into the air outside my home. My home, and that's that's the case. I think with a lot of artists, a lot of creators, every time like I don't know, Lil Nas X or Wonka Y starts putting out an NFT for some work, they don't realize, or maybe they do and they don't care, that these things are have an immense harm to the planet. And beyond that, it raises a really interesting question about what it is we're valuing. It's very much a form of like artificial scarcity because you're not actually making the work like the work isn't actually like that scarce. It's not actually that the thing that you're saying is valuable is like the ability, this concept of ownership, a receipt. Yeah. So I'm not a, I'm not a huge NFT appreciator. And if you look up like the majority of the work that does get produced by NFT um, for, for the purpose of being minted as an NFT, I have, I've saw, I've seen a Twitter thread and it's just, it's not even artist produced art. Uh, a lot of people create these like randomly generated or like AI generated images that just look so, that are just divorced from any sort of artistic merit, any sort of like interesting comment on society. And, and then they'll sell them for like 300 bucks, 300 USD, 1000 USD, 10,000 USD. And I don't think you can separate the market that controls how art gets bought and made with the process by which art gets created, because uh, this is only going to pro- like put more pressure on artists to create art um, for interests that are maybe not aligned with the public good, which is fine, like, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be like one of those people who are like, oh, only art that's like nice gets to be made or whatever. But also art that's not aligned with the interest of the artist. It makes me wonder the about the effect of the art market. And NFTs just seem to me like um, a, a distillation of what goes on in the art market anyway. Which I think brings us quite neatly back to this exhibition itself because as you were talking I was thinking about how um, again what we take away from art or, or rather what consuming art might mean or what art might mean to those of us who cannot afford to pay thousands of dollars for something because then it essentially means you get to go to a show and see a work of art um, which is very different from artwork that exists within the NFT ecosystem, right? Because the whole idea of ownership, the whole idea of consumption, the whole idea of appreciation gets tied very much to this idea of ownership and scarcity. Um, And therefore, I think going to an exhibition like this that is so obviously about uh, the financial systems and the ecosystem that art exists within reminds me yet again um, of those tensions. I I don't, I, I really don't claim to have easy answers, but the more I am reminded of how much I enjoy seeing art in person, um, spending time with artwork physically, um, looking at the work that goes into it and how um, even if I'm not the one buying that work of art, I'm probably going to remember what this work of art was. And perhaps how much more all of these get distanced when you look at works that are sold as NFTs. And then thinking, is that as is that so different from me appreciating art that's perhaps bought by a collector whose values I don't align with? These are very complex questions, honestly. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about them. And I think 
And I think that's particularly what makes this show interesting for me because it takes this historical um, colonization, the transference of power and money over time, how we remember these things, and then links them at this particular point in time, perhaps inten- intentionally, perhaps it was a great coincidence, um, again, to this idea of we live within these really complex systems now, which many of us don't understand. Um, and what does that mean? What does that say about us and how we're evolving? Um, and, and and I think in many ways, that's why this particular show felt relevant and off the moment for me. It just goes to show that we need to move away, I think, from valuing art in dollars and, and starting to think about the effect art has on us as human beings and its ability to heal, its ability to nurture. So valuing what the artists bring to us as a community and not just by the work they do. Um, And I think think that's a a great point at which to end this on. And I just wanted to close off by asking you how you'd recommend this show to people. Um, A lot, heavily. (laughs) I was struggling to find an adverb there. I definitely recommend you check it out. It is certainly also representative of everything you just said, Shamila. It is a positive impact on society, on us. It brings a lot to this community. Um, It started getting me to, it it got me to start thinking about a lot of really important issues. It got me to solidify a lot of my feelings about them. Um, And what a shame it, it would be if it got turned into just a symbol for of ownership for somebody with way too much money to spend. And instead of being representative of all the healing and all the interesting historical introspection it can provoke, it just becomes like this piece that some guy puts in in like a, a hallway and then never gets looked at again. Thanks, yeah. Jack, for doing this with me today. <laughs> Thank you for letting me get on my soapbox today. This is a fun one. (laughs) We've been talking about Make Money With Money, Make Art With Art. It's Chong Kim Chu's latest exhibition. Uh, That's on at A Plus Works of Art until the 17th of October. Uh, If you'd like like more information, you can check out aplusart.asia. You've been listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chendana. For updates on Malaysian arts and culture, visit www.baskl.com.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.